This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Chip Patterson joins us, Cover 3 podcast moderator, CBSSports.com. How are you, my friend? Busy. Yes. Very busy. It is a not insignificant week in the world of college football and college athletics. Uh, my, this thing has accelerated since we were, um, you know, enjoying uh, our good friend Michael Felder, his mm-hmm. hospitality, and that was when, you know, Colorado to the Big 12 starts. And, and my, how things have accelerated, even since I guess that was less than a week ago. So right. it's, uh, it's a lot going on. Ken, I, I need to make sure that I haven't missed anything since the start of this show today. So other than Peter Collins, the Board of Trustees chair, at Florida State, basically uh, thinly lobbing, thinly veiled uh, threat grenades at the Atlantic Coast Conference. Other than that, has anything happened other than Colorado leaving the Pac-12 and going on a free transfer, much like Kylian Mbappe will uh, go to Real Madrid next year, on a free transfer to the uh, to the Big 12 for next football season, has anything else happened? Not since this morning, not since okay. the beginning of the show. But, hey, look, uh, the most likely p- place where we will have real hard news would be out of Arizona and potentially right. also including Arizona State and Utah. And the way that you mention it, the, the reason why Colorado can move quickly is because they do not have any contracts that tie them to the Pac-12 right. beyond this football season. So they can just walk. You know, I mean, this is the um, this is free agency, right? Like this is what every professional organization has to figure out in terms of how long are you under contract? Do we have to move the contract? Do we have to pay out the contract? Um, I believe and I don't know how much you've discussed uh, this so far, but I believe that the deal that the Pac-12 commissioner presented to its university presidents and athletic directors um, was the beginning of the end mm-hmm. for certain of the Pac-12 as we know it. And that two things are really, really damning about the proposal as it's been reported. Number one, exposure. It is you're creating a hurdle uh, to be able to find these games. And I know that there was an inclusion of maybe ESPN and Fox get a few marquee games along the way. But as sports fans, we are programmed to go to a few different places to be able to find our favorite sporting events. And when you create that extra hurdle, it's going to be difficult. They boasted the 700,000 subscriptions that Apple has sold for its MLS package. And I'm just asking where Lionel Messi is in the Pac-12. <laughs> How are you going to expect that you're going to get the same kind of coverage and the same kind of subscription boost as Lionel Messi, like the GOAT? <laughs> um, that's, well, maybe that's maybe what... Messi comes into the – maybe that's the uh, the 10th team in the Pac-12 is either Lionel Messi or Inter-Miami. And Messi gets a full share. Full share. Full share of league revenues. Yeah. Number one exposure because university presidents are in the mindset of increasing the bottom line and right. advertising their university so they can drive up enrollment and yeah. be able to have more people interested in coming to your school. Bottom line. Number two, how are you going to set a budget when the number that you know you're going to get is so far behind your competitors and they're dangling out this little carrot? Do you want to work for commission or do you want to work for a salary? Do you want guaranteed money or do you want something that's loaded with incentives? And I think that 
the idea, again, that if you sell all these subscriptions, well, then we'll be right there with the Big 12. I think that's just going to really start to you know, resonate with a lot of these universities. I don't know what the timetable is. I imagine in the next two weeks or so, Arizona, at a minimum, will be making a move. And then all eyes will turn to Oregon, to Washington, mm-hmm. to whether the, the Pac-12 decides to backfill with San Diego State, SMU, and then some, maybe from the Mountain West, whether there's some kind of merger. Uh, that That's why this is taken on a national um, picture, because the Pac-12 was not able to deliver what its presidents and athletic directors had thought for eight months it was going to get, which is a competitive deal. Yeah, it, it, it's obvious that it isn't. Uh, there were some rumors that Ion TV, I'd never heard of that, was going to be part of it. And then once... You know, the CW might get involved. The CW is interested in sports uh, suddenly. Maybe the CW was going to get a Pac-12 game of the week. But the ACC is – we're talking with Chip Patterson here from Cover 3 Podcast and CBSSports.com. The ACC has been sort of on the fringe of this conversation. There have been rumors about, like, a TV alliance with the Pac-12, maybe putting Pac-12 games on the ACC network – to kind of get live programming on in the evening, the you know the late night hours, uh, could something like that help the Pac-12? And more importantly, could it help the ACC? Right. So Ross Dellinger, now with Yahoo Sports, uh, put up a piece last night, sort of setting the table after everything that has happened for what is going to come next. He did not get much positive feedback from ACC administrators about a. Um, targeting any other Mm Pac-12 teams for expansion to establish a West Coast corridor, and really not even a lot of traction on that sort of uh, television media merger. The idea being that as they've run their analysis, at least the way that I picked up on the reporting, there would not be a a, a huge boost. So to answer one part of your question, would it save the Pac-12? Probably. Yeah. Probably gives them, you know, more exposure than they do being on Apple Plus. And, you know, but does it help the ACC? That answer might be no. You know, those those hours and, and that programming inventory might be better spent being able to further promote the league. I, I have I do not know how to run those numbers and those charts yeah. specifically, but I, I was surprised because those all seemed like common sense solutions to me. But when the administrators were given a lot of negative uh, feedback there, but again, we could have a new scenario where if everything is splintering and if everything's going crazy, then then maybe you have to adjust on the fly. And certainly that that does seem to be the case right now uh, with conference realignment. The way I look at it, I'm going to kind of pose something big picture about the ACC in a second. Um, if the ACC were to add. Oregon and Washington and Cal and Stanford and Sandy. I mean, just annex the rest of the Pac-12, right? If they were to, if they were going to do something like that, like, I mean, I'll I'll still cover the league and I'll cover North Carolina and Duke and NC State and Wake Forest and the schools in this conference, but I got no time for uh, for that kind of crap because that isn't what this is supposed to be about. And I keep hearing that administrators say we don't want to turn into the NFL. Yet they keep turning it into the NFL. So which way is it? And I'm, I'm going to talk to Bubba Cunningham about this tomorrow. Because, like, again, all I hear, we don't want to be the NFL. I'm like, well, then stop being like it. Because that's all they're doing. Every 
This is what the NFL does. They reach for every dollar available regardless of what it does. That's all they care about is money. And that's fine. You're you're running a business, but that isn't supposed to be what this is about. Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. You have a 401k, but you're changing jobs. You're taking that 401k with you. Next step. Well, a lot of people leave it behind, which is not a good thing. I mean, if you're not at the company anymore, your 401k shouldn't either. And that's when it's time for my 401k survival Oh, oh look box at that. Set. You see it right here. I've got workbooks, <laughs> guidebooks, DVDs in here that explain everything about your 401k. More importantly, how to build a lifetime income. It's a $300 value. I'm also going to give you a total retirement plan, which is a $1,000 value for the next 18 of you who call right now. No cost or obligation. Call. 888-843-0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. It, I'll tell you who shares your viewpoint is the commissioner of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Right. You know? We talked right. about it. He does. That's this. He is in the, the same position that you are. I don't think his colleagues at the uh, Power Conference commissioner level many of whom have changed over. Yeah. I do not know if the New York businessman shark that is Brett Yormark <laughs> or if the like brought up through, you know, Major League Baseball, Tony Petiti who believes in that, or if Notre Dame's new athletic director who came straight from NBC Sports necessarily believes in that. We've got businessmen, not academics, not even a, a long time, you know, college uh, athletics background, except for maybe being at the negotiating table for some of these deals, it's a uh, it's a different enterprise. Dennis Dodd actually has a story on CBSSports.com that went up right now about a meeting that took place in December of 2022, where the idea was pitched to billionaires of, all right, what if we want to invest in college sports at the ground level? Yeah, what if we want to create our own conference? Let's see what it would take to be able to get everybody out of their, um, you know, conference deals and just create a new one. And the response was, we really like that idea. I just can't get my arms around it right now. But those that's being discussed. The idea of investing, and this might lead to our next conversation, the idea of reaching out to private investments to finance, to finance college athletics in a way that it is – revolutionary. We've been living in this world of uh, being in the financial system of the university with the the booster clubs and now the different ways of, of charitable giving, or, mm -hmm. or, you know, air, air quotes, charitable giving <laughs> are able to, to finance this thing. And there are high level discussions about ways to invest privately in college athletics in a way that uh, it would totally remove uh, remove it from the university financial system. I want to ask you about actual football in a second, um, but I brought this up sort of as a joke, but not really at ACC football kickoff. And I brought it up in a casual conversation with Jim Phillips. And then in an interview, the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia, right? We have live golf on the CW. I've joked live ACC football. I, I mean, why not? So maybe it's not the public investment fund, right? Maybe it's some other uh, private private equity fund. Maybe it's was it Clear Lake. Uh, Todd is Todd Bowley. Doesn't he own uh, part of Clear Lake or own Clear Lake? The owner of Chelsea. I mean, that guy's got billions upon billions of dollars. What if they decided to uh, underwrite the Atlantic Coast Conference? 
Here's $100 million per school per year. Boom. Done. Yeah. I The, the first place I think you will see it will be not in the current structure of power conferences. I think we could see something along the lines of like the tens of millions of dollars being privately invested with a program, um, maybe even at the FCS level, that is going to be used for, you know, NIL to be like, all right, we're just going to take this program all the way to the top. Maybe an experiment. Yeah, exactly. I, I would not be surprised in the next five years if we see something like that, where somebody just comes in and says, I want blank school to be good and we've got the money for it and there's not enough of an infrastructure here to stop me. Right. So I can just come in and buy it up because I think the very, very top, like you're not going to go to Georgia and be able to disrupt. Even if you've got like the biggest checkbook, there's other things at play that are going on there that are going to be standing in your way. Right. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't pay this money for this exclusive golf round <laughs> with the head coach of Georgia football to be able to like all of a sudden get told no, right? You know, I I invest this money so that people say yes, sir. Um, I think it'll be at a, a place that is not traditionally um, excellent that does not have the infrastructure in place. A big big fund ends up going in there and decides we're going to make it good. And that's that's probably where I think you'll see it first. As a conference, you just described the ACC, Chip Patterson. All right, uh, I'm just going to tease what I'm going to talk about uh, after I say goodbye. I'm going to there are two things, in my opinion, two things that will change the calculus of ACC football financially, and only two things. But I will talk about that uh, after I say goodbye because I want be, we only have a couple of minutes left here, and I want to ask you about the ACC's uh, preseason poll. And I know it's not a surprise that Drake May was voted the preseason player of the year, but I do think it's a surprise that Riley Leonard got a vote for that. And I mean, seriously, I mean, I love Riley Leonard, but a vote for preseason player of the year. And the fact that Duke had three players on the first team preseason is somewhat surprising. Uh, but your thoughts on that and the poll? Um. I did not think that there was going to be – I thought there was going to be more of a Florida State push based on the buzz. It seems like the closer you are to the ACC, the more that you have it one and two and not one A, one B, right? right? We go national. Like we look at Lindy's. We look at Athlon. We look at Phil Steele. We look at all the other things. They've even got Florida State ahead. You know, Florida State in the 8-9 range, Mm -hmm. Clemson around 11. Not the case. Uh, Phil Steele's got Clemson number two, actually, in, in one poll. Spoke but, to him a few uh, weeks ago, right? But the the general consensus nationally has been that this is a, a Florida State year, and the poll reflects otherwise. So that was that was one thing that I thought was significant. Uh, all the North schools in the state of North Carolina, after a great season last year as a whole, while individually they all have some gripes along the way, some games that they thought you know, went the other way, including within battles between those two pro- those programs. Mm-hmm. You know, them all being sort of near the top half, that's something that's encouraging, especially for everybody in this audience. And then Drake May was the only sensible selection for preseason player of the year. The numbers that he put together, the stat profile that Drake May had during the 2022 season was along the likes of a Robert Griffin III, a Johnny Manziel, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, like 
those are <laughs> national champions and Heisman Trophy winners. Right. And the only reason why he didn't get individual accolades or more individual accolades was because North Carolina finished the year on a three before the final voting and then a four game losing streak, right. which included the offense kind of turtling up in huge, huge spots against Georgia Tech and NC State. Statistically, he deserved to be a Heisman finalist. But narratives obviously influence individual accolades. And I love that Drake May said that as well. Mm -hmm. He said, look, we win football games, the accolades will follow. And that is a cliche, but it is 100% spot on because he deserved more national recognition than he got based on last year's performance. And some of that was just because of not being able to win football games when the spotlight was the brightest. Yeah, he was definitely one of my – I think I voted him second uh, in the Heisman voting. Um, yeah, we know, we know, we've known this for a long time. North Carolina, when the when the bright lights come on, they have not fared well as a team, regardless of whether it's the quarterback's fault or the coach's fault. Uh, they just – whether they don't have – how did I – I heard somebody say they might not be mentally tough enough as a team. And, look, I I think that's a, that can be a harsh statement, but – yeah, I don't. I don't know what you point to to say that that team isn't good enough in the moment, but so they have I've, not met the moment at all. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've changed because that is, like there is evidence there, but on the human level, I've changed my tone to like they don't finish well because that feels more tied directly <laughs> to the result. Because to right. assume that you are, which you could argue is mental toughness, but <clears throat> for 18 to 22 year olds are putting their bodies on the line and going through the off season workouts and like getting crushed every single Saturday. Like I, the idea, there is a level of mental toughness that I do not have just to to show up on game day, show up and play football at that level. So I, I, the reason why I had that reaction is as a, the way that I talk about this sport and the human beings that are playing it, I'm trying to come up with different ways to phrase it because just a play has some level of mental toughness, but you're right. North Carolina has to finish strong and dad gummit. If they don't have the finishing power, then you're going to have two losses at the end of the season at Clemson and at NC state. So they've got to reverse that trend for sure. Does Justin Thomas get inside the top 70, which means probably what a top uh, 15 finish at Wyndham? No. Yeah, Do you, you think so? No, I don't. I don't think so. But he's still on the Ryder Cup team. Uh, Chip Patterson. I was not going to talk about the board meeting. I've got good juice. <laughs> yeah, we look. Uh, it's it's when if Tiger wants to be involved in the PGA Tour. No, 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 no. I was talking about the Florida State board meeting. Oh, say that again. Oh no, okay. I'm, I'm out of time. What 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 what, what did what, give me something about Peter Collins? Real okay, quick. so he he's sending up a flare. He is yeah. trying to get he's trying to get dance partners. They don't I I came into this being like, oh no, are we gonna have a Florida State to the Big Ten like emergency podcast this week? And I think that that answer is no. But I do think that what's said at this board meeting is going to be very specific, almost scripted, and it is trying to it is trying to get dance partners to come and join them. Yeah, to to the to the point where they dissolve the entire league so they don't have to come up with paying all that money. so But there's a lot of money going to change hands. I'll talk to you again very soon, Chip. All right, sounds good. Y'all be well. You got it, Chip Patterson. We talked about a thousand other things. We didn't even get to the Florida State stuff because uh, I've been talking about it all day. 
Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc.